player two. You're awake. Hi, it's me, Kitty M, the old geek. You remember me, right? Sure has been a while, and things have changed. But I'm glad you're back. I hope you'll stick around, but I've got to warn you, what's out there is not really what we were used to. Here, let me, let me show you. See? It's not the land of pot anymore. And th this whole place was built as an escape, but it can't be that right now. Because hiding from what's going on, ignoring it, it's not going to stop it. Ignorance is really dangerous right now. So welcome to the land of Pog, the politics of geek. <laughs> First, we probably need to do a bit of housekeeping in here, though. It's so dusty. I'm serious, this place is in need of, like, Levi Ackerman or something. See? I'm, I can still make anime references. It's not all going to be doom and gloom, but we really do need to get on with this housekeeping. So, you might be thinking, with this now being the politics of geek, but I hate politics in my geekery. I assume that's your voice. Boo-boo, it's always been there. It's been teaching you about these exact moments that we're having. Your need for escapism and ignorance to the political themes doesn't mean they didn't exist. It means you didn't notice them, and something not existing and you not noticing it are not the same thing. I want to be clear though, it doesn't make you stupid because you didn't know something was political. It just means you didn't know it. Knowing about the politics in geekery is like the difference between being able to read a clock or not. You still experience time either way, but once you know about clocks and how they work, it changes how you view things, and that's something that's regardless of your intelligence. This is like that. But in the case of politics and geekery, once you know about it, you're more like a time lord. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be like a time lord? You may also be thinking, yeah, well, I don't want to be told what to think about things. Yeah? Did you... Did you think you're special in that? Because no one wants to be told what to think or how to think about something. This is about what I think. The first clue that really should have tipped you off is that this is my podcast, so you can choose to disagree with me. You can turn this off and never hear from me again. Let's face it, it's not going to blow up. This isn't going to be popular. This is just me doing this. Not many people are going to listen anyway. But you might listen to my ideas and find you have an even better one. You might occasionally laugh at some obscure reference. You might learn something or not. Right, so this place now looks like it's pretty cleared up. You know, we should grab some supplies. Let's go down to the shops. I'm sure they've got plenty. Wow, there's uh, not a lot on the shelves, is there, player two? Yeah, baby, you guessed it. We're not going to be talking about pandemics, though you know we will be eventually, but given the current state of the world, a more pressing matter to talk about is panic buyers. Pop culture has been showing us for years that people are quick to make stupid decisions when they see other people quickly making stupid decisions. This is probably based off the fact that historically, as humans, we like to make stupid decisions together and in a panicked mob. And when there's a panicked mob in a movie, it's so obvious that if they wouldn't freak out, they'd be able to use that energy to help one another. And even though the problems would still probably exist, 
more people would be saved. It's so obvious from the outside. I think the real issue here is that some people right now feel like they're in that movie, while others feel like they're watching it and slowly being dragged into that movie. Like in Last Action Hero, which is an underrated movie that we do not talk enough about, and if the world was a better place, that's all this journey would be about. Last Action Hero. And of course, there is a third group that are just meeting up in large gatherings because they're absolute numpties, and we will get to them. But the ones who feel like they're in this movie, the ones who are becoming the background chaos, and by doing so, impacting the rest of us, I know they're infuriating, but they're a symptom. They're not the real problem. Think for a moment about how people react in movies, comics, anime, books, when something really bad is happening. There's really two main ways. They either act way too calm, given all of the shocking things happening around them. V for Vendetta, Equilibrium, Aeon Flux, you know these movies and comics, and if you don't, I recommend them. Or everyone just freaks out. Godzilla, Bird Box, Independence Day. Those are the two sides of the extreme of how people act. Before we get into it, I know there's a few points you already want to pull me up on. And you're going to be like, but well, actually, but well, actually, I'm the queen of that saying. That's my saying. Stop using it. And I'm going to get to your point. And you know what? If I don't, maybe it's because I considered your point and didn't think it was worthy of being addressed. But point one, and we've all thought it, sure, that's how people act in movies. But I'm not like them. I wouldn't panic or submit to authority like that. Did you miss Men in Black? One of the greatest deep dives into the human psyche that was instantly accessible to the general public. You probably missed some of the deeper meanings in there because of the special effects that were pretty good at the time and that cast was standout. So I understand you may have missed this absolute gem, but a person is smart. People are dumb. We are people. It's hard-coded into us, along with scar upon scar of trauma, be it intergenerational, childhood, or simply existing in a world where we have billionaires. That sort of framework, it drives us to not always make the smart choice when it comes to the availability of items. You are not unique, boo-boo. You are not inoculated against stupidity. It just depends what strain you're getting. And today, we're talking about the people with rooms full of toilet paper. In conclusion, you are that dumb to do that thing. We all are. Point two, and this one I think is more important. The stark difference between, say, V for Vendetta and Godzilla is that in V for Vendetta, the enemy is obviously a fascist government, and in Godzilla, it's a giant derp lizard who's crushing buildings. It is easier to physically freak out and run from a giant lizard. Also, I heavily endorse running from giant lizards. But the other difference in these types of movies is a trust in governments who don't deserve it. If you believe you're being told the truth, if you know nothing is wrong, if you think it's going to be okay, you don't stock up on a year's supply of toilet paper in one shopping run. The people in, say, V for Vendetta may not like their government, but they believe they're safe. That's one of the main themes of the story, is that they've given up their freedom in order to feel like nothing will really hurt them. Their government is run by bad guys. In Godzilla, and particularly in Shin Godzilla, not only is something quite obviously going to hurt the people, the government is incapable of actually doing something about it because of all the processes. So, freaking out is a pretty understandable option at that point because their government is run by people bad at their jobs. In summary, when it comes to stories like this, government run by bad guys, 
calm society to the point of an almost zombie-like degree, government run by people doing a bad job, panic! Please remember that you can actually have both types of government in the one government. And it's not a bug, it's a feature. Now that we've got that out of the way, let's talk about people who panic in those stories. Aside from the actual physical threat they're facing, that underlying extreme lack of trust in the authorities that I've been talking about is important. Panickers in movies, books, comics, animation don't just happen because. They happen because the authorities, for whatever reason and in a number of ways, are shown to be absent and or ineffectual. This isn't a sudden thing. This is by design that the authorities in these stories are already pretty bad at their jobs because they didn't know their job was to allocate resources in a way that ensures no one is living in poverty or without access to good information. If they were doing their jobs, the fallout likely wouldn't be so bad. But the social infrastructure in any of these movies has not been built with an actual crisis in mind. It's quite the opposite. Society has been chaos this whole time, and now that aliens are turning people into pizza-topping messes on the ground, it's really driving home that point. Think about the stereotypes that are so often used that it's no longer even considered a stereotype, it's just accepted part of the plot, that a character will battle with a horribly dysfunctional system. If there's a medical professional, they're overworked. If there's a scientist, they're fighting for funding or to be heard that there's going to be a problem, or they're completely shunned by everyone, even though they're the one who discovered a very big problem. And if there is a well-meaning politician, there's always a warhawk waiting to swoop in and seize control. And we don't really question any of that in a story. We're just like, oh yeah, I guess it is like that. That sucks. And it's hardly ever overstated in movies as to how wrecked everything is already before the aliens show up. Because, well, in reality, in meat space, we know we're driving with the check engine light on. But... Oh well, it's always just been on and oh, it's going to cost a lot of money to fix whatever is making the check engine light go on, so I guess we just continue down this dark and dangerous road with one headlight working. If you think I'm reaching with this argument, also consider that movies with a panicked populace, big or small, also tend to glorify those who are just on the fringe of society, who never really trusted the government to do their actual job to begin with. They're the gun nuts, the libertarians, the preppers. Think of the dad in Independence Day who keeps raving about the alien abductions and then signs up to be a pilot because he's stepping up to the plate, even though he always knew the truth. Or like Bert Gummer in Tremors. He and his wife have had an underground bunker filled with supplies and guns, and it's there because they're ready for the next big war. These characters, while played off as often comical, are also the ones who come through with the goods. These are the people who, while being positioned as absolute loons, are also the ones proven to be right. These characters work to become self-sufficient or independently informed because they know it's the only stopgap. And I'll talk about them more in the future, hopefully, but understand that there's a reason they're often framed as easily dismissible. It's because we don't really want to believe that they're onto something, because that is truly scary. You combine this trope with the usual background noises of sirens and a TV with a newsreader saying the government is telling people not to panic in an obvious panic-inducing situation. You'll watch now as the hero of the movie grabs their coffee for the day, completely unaware of what's about to happen, and in about 20 seconds, life's about to get torn up. To our correspondent on the ground to sum up the situation. 
Thanks, Tracy. And whether creators have meant to or not, with all of this, they've made a pretty good case for why people freak out. And of course, these panicked people are also framed with disdain. They're the background. They're not different from the gathering storm clouds or the tornado ripping through houses. They're not the focus, and when they are brought into focus, they're the ones we sit there watching with simmering hatred, waiting for someone to slap them and tell them to pull themselves together, man. The hero never panics, or if they do, only a little. They're generally not someone who's prepped, because <laughs> crazy people, but that doesn't matter because they have skills or determination or simply the ability to keep a cool head under pressure. The hero isn't like the rest of these base morons running about keeping all the toilet paper for themselves. And that's a nice idea and something to aspire to, but let's be honest, player two, we're not the heroes in this. We're the people in the background. Difference is... We're also not actors with an aim to create an atmosphere of chaos for a hero to emerge from without turning around to watch the explosions. We're not making a movie. This is real life. So first things first, we need to take a breath. Look again at the people who are panic buying. You may be thinking that they're not acting with all of us in mind. They're making a frightening situation worse by being selfish. Their actions will have a knock-on effect to so many people who are already struggling. You know who else is more guilty of that, though? Our governments. The stories have been telling us this for a while, even if that wasn't their express intention. Because we all know what we built is broken, and our leaders are not leading us. So while filling a room full of toilet paper is illogical, so too is only directing anger at the person who does it. They're scared. We know that because we are scared. And the movies don't really teach us to do the thing that is less dramatic because they're entertainment after all. So all I can suggest is what I think, because the movies don't really guide us at this point. Take stock of what you have. Know that if you can't get it today, you should be able to get it soon. Some of your meals might be a little boring for a while. That's okay. You might find new solutions to problems you never thought about before. Of course you can. You can do that. And know that we're in this in a very different way than has happened before. Because this time, we've got possibly one of the greatest tools we've invented. The internet. So utilize it. And while you're there, look for ways to help others. Contribute to charities that are making sure the most vulnerable are getting the support they need. There are maker communities utilizing their resources to help make equipment. If you can self-isolate, definitely do that. If not for any other reason, then you don't want to be responsible for someone's nan dying. And the time you would have spent on a commute? Use it to write to people in power, calling on them to offer proper support for those who simply cannot survive without government funding and resources. Use this time to catch up with someone on the phone. Use it to learn a new skill. Use it to come up with ways to help people once you're out of self-isolation. This isn't the end of the world. This is us finally stepping up to make sure we make the one we have better. And not just during this crisis but for the long term. Because I want to be really clear, once this is done, we can't stop helping one another. We can't just go back to the way it was because that way is broken. For me, I can't physically make things. I'm no good at it. But I'll be doing what I can, and that includes me making this. Hoping that it helps people out because self-isolation can be rough. And it's so easy to feel powerless or like a whole lot of people are calling for a better way so you don't have to add your voice. You do. Of course you do. And plus, I hope this pod makes you laugh.
Well, player two, we didn't pick up toilet paper this time. I'm sure it'll be in stock again soon. If you want to catch me on the interweb, because I'm not going into meat space anytime soon, you can catch me on Twitter at ChaosKittyM. Until next time, player two, stay safe.